Business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. We're standing uh, right next to me on the screen, um, and we're going to be talking about transport, and we're going to be talking about a very touchy subject in South Africa, something that I, as a middle-aged South African, I suppose, have watched evolve year after year. I remember when the taxi scene exploded onto the market, and they were seen as heroes. They were seen as innovative business, businessmen who saw a need, a, a niche, saw a need, came up with a solution, and they provided transport for people. And they were lauded as really entrepreneurial spirits. And they would walk around with these truck bags were full of cash, and they would buy property, and they would vest. And before we know it, it became a chaotic situation, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, a chaotic situation that, yes, has become the leading transporter of South African people today. But it is not an industry that I think I am proud of, it's an industry that has evolved with a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of manipulation, all the way from the financing to the way it transports people, the coordination, and the sense that the tax industry is almost the barometer of the feelings in the country. When the tax industry is running right, pushing us off the road, not obeying the rules of the road, South Africans tend to follow. But that's just my opinion. But like everything else in South Africa, we're an evolving living organism. It moves, it changes, and people only want progress. So I'm very proud and very happy to invite or to welcome Arvin Retino, who's the, a mobility expert at the Royal Haskinning DHV, to the show. Arvin, welcome to High FM. Hi, Arvin. No, thank you very much, and thanks for having me on your show. It's a pleasure. Um, I'm not going to tell everybody that you didn't get dressed up and put on a shirt and a tie to, to come on the show, but we'll take you as the expert that you say you are. Arvind, let's jump straight into it. Um, the Minister of Transport came out um, a few weeks ago saying that there's going to be subsidies for the tax industry from April 2021. That was really met by a, I suppose, a poiky pot of opinion, some hot, some cold, some good, some bad. But maybe take it from, take us back from your point of view as a mobility expert, as a transport expert, just position this African taxi industry for us. No, thanks. Thanks for that, Avi. Yes, I, I think, I mean, if you, if you take the uh, taxi industry itself, it's been treated like the stepchild for many years in terms of public transport. Yet, they provide transport for the poorest of the poor and also uh, commute about 70% of the daily commuters is in their watch. But what was lacking is integration into the whole public transport system, as well as then the second part, which is the big part for me, safety and security. Now, if you take the integration part where it was lacking, is any well-developed city, and the city that wants to go forward, needs to have a proper backbone of public transport. So it's either your rail network or your bus network like BRT buses and so forth. But then to get the people to those modes of transport, your more local commutes, that's where minibus taxis and these guys can play a fundamental role, not competing to that system, but enhancing that system. 
So when you get to your destination as well, then you get off a, uh, a Gau train, for instance, or a BRT bus, if it's in um, Cape Town or Joburg, Tswane, wherever you go. Now you want to go to your final destination. Again, that's where the system can complement each other, as well as other modes of transport. So that integration part was always lacking, that kingpin. And with the industry evolving, like I said, public transport industry, you get now what they call a term mobility as a service. And that is basically providing the commuters a choice of what do I want to do first and then second. For instance, my first part of the journey, I would like to walk 300 or 400 meters, then get onto a taxi, and then, for instance, on a bus or whatever, depending on my needs. But I have a choice. So that's how the industry evolved over the years. But what was always lacking is that integration part in the system. Uh, but let me ask you, um, you know, the integration part's all good and well in theory, but we all know that after 1993, 1994, whatever public um, transport system there was in place, totally disintegrated. Um, yes, I know when I was a young, uh, young person going to school, the transport system provided for a select um, group of people in the population, and there was another transport system. We used to call them the green mumbers. Putco wasn't always orange, it was green, and, and provided service for the majority of the population. But there was a transport system that I could use. And what I would have thought would have happened is, as we went into a democratic South Africa, there would have been a management system to sort of integrate the two systems, to upgrade them, to allow the existing infrastructure to grow and develop. But it didn't, it crumbled. And that created a a perfect breeding place for the taxi industry, and they spent absolutely no time, they wasted no time grabbing the, the opportunity when the void was created. Why did our public transport disintegrate? I think, Avi, I mean, the, the main reason for, for that, what uh, I've experienced over the years, was um, not an overall integrating policy and systems in place. It was everyone for himself. And um, in the sense that there was isolated Patco on their own, there was taxis on their own, there was Metro Rail on his own, Praza and, and that sort of thing, but no one integrated it at all. And what the new technology will bring to the front, like, for instance, mobility as services, they will start integrating these things. And that's where that gap or that void was created. No one thought of bringing all these different role players together. Each had their own subsidy and they looked after their own uh, uh, interest, to be to put it that way. And now there's an ideal opportunity to start changing that going forward. So on that positive note, let's take a quick ad break. And when we come back, talk us through what the minister's proposing, where we stand now, where we're going, and what the vision is. Craig, take us to the shops. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. On the line with me is Ivan Reitner. The minister has now come up with the subsidies. But the subsidies, I think, is the uh, sort of the cherry on the top. There's obviously been a lot of groundwork happening underneath where are we and take us through the current situation and where the mobility um, scenario is going in South Africa with relation to tech. Uh, thanks for that, Darby. Yeah, I mean, um, over the years, 
the taxi industry saw the gap. And now um, they also, as part of the pandemic, requested for a subsidy as part of running their business. And yes, the subsidy can sort of or will um, come out from the fiscus. But uplifting the uh, taxi industry, then again, they will contribute back to the fiscus. As they successful business partners, they can contribute back. But from our side, we thought it mustn't be just a subsidy for the sake of a subsidy. What is that give and take moment? Mr. Taxi Industry, we give you a subsidy. But how can we benefit your industry as well to the better of South Africa? For instance, if you create a subsidy and you start adding it to a mobility as a service app, individuals can have the opportunity to rate that taxi driver, can rate that vehicle for safety, as well as, say, for instance, a panic button in terms of um, I'm, I feel unsafe in the vehicle that I'm driving or this uh, hijacking taking place or something like that. So that's for the person using the safety or the, this taxi service, the commuter. But then for the taxi industry itself, I mean, Everyone knows about these taxi wars. If you drive on a certain taxi route or an area that you're not supposed to drive, then there will be a war breaking out. And now, with the app again, you can start tracking. The owners can track the vehicles and make sure that their drivers, their operators, drive in the correct area, the correct um, route that they're supposed to take. And as soon as they deviate from that route, a notification can go out to the owner and say your driver is not adhering to the rules of the game, as well as then, for instance, a passenger, if you put your daughter uh, or child or whatever on a taxi and you expect him to follow a certain route to a school or wherever that case may be, and now it starts deviating. All of a sudden, with the technology at hand, you can start notifying the people. And then also based on that rating of the driver app, they will adhere a better to the rules of the road. For argument's sake, you can link it to, if you've got a better rating, your subsidy can be higher or not. So, Ivan, that's really my point, is up until now, the taxi industry has been unaccountable. You can do what it was, how it wants, where it wants, and there's no accountability, there's no reciprocation, and a lot of them are out of the tax net. So, you know, they really don't contribute anything. So let's start at the fundamental business points. If we, if you and I are going to give them, the tax industry, a subsidy from our taxes, how are they going to contribute to the fiscus if they're not in the tax web? And are they going to allow themselves to be, um, you know, put into the tax, the tax net willingly? Whereas up, up until now it hasn't happened. I think that's where they need to understand the business case and the benefits from both sides. And there was some certain operators that is not registered on the uh, on, a, uh, on SARS uh, website and SARS uh, income tax returns, and these others that are well uh, in there. And already these guys that are registered see the benefit. 2010 World Cup. If you wanted to transport individuals, you have to be a registered uh, uh, taxi driver. Um, Gautrain, in, in your Marlboro stations and so forth, they started to use these uh, smaller 16-seater minibus taxis instead of these big buses. And again, it's operated by the taxi industry. So it's a smaller vehicle. They are registered. They are regulated. And they see additional benefits. So for them to see, listen, you want the subsidy, but it's not 
if they can use the phrase nilly-willy, give you a subsidy. However, let's work together and see how we can uplift your industry, but you have to be registered as well to give back to the country. You know, I often say the last uh, coming in and out. Let me just ask you, where are we now as we stand uh, halfway through November 2020? Um, if we had to look at it globally from a taxi industry as part of the mobility or the transport industry, are the taxi, is the taxi industry on board or are we still looking to get them on board? Um, I think from our experience, it's 50-50. There are already taxi uh, associations and drivers already being tracked, the vehicles being tracked. Um, Moya Cruise in Durban is an example that we did as part of the uh, uh, public transport upgrade team. And what happened was what we found is the taxi owner welcomes it because he can monitor his driver. That driver is driving his asset. And if he starts misusing his asset, then um, he can step in and uh, take the necessary actions to uh, improve that. So, yes, there is still a way to go, but this is now an ideal opportunity, November to April, to get everyone in line and say, by April, when you give the subsidy, this is what needs to happen. Well, so it's really uh, giving them a deadline, and this is where it's going to be, and it has to be done up up about that. But um, maybe this is change tracks a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your involvement in the um, you and your company's involvement in the transport industry in South Africa, where you guys started, how you got involved, and where you see yourselves going forward. So from our side, we started off in, in, in a company mainly in the design, the detailed design of your freeways, your bridges, and so forth. And we expanded, and I'm just talking now from a transport perspective, because we've got uh, uh, our geometrics design team, we've got people in industry and buildings, energy and transition. And what we're currently focusing on is the new millennium going forward and using the fourth industrial revolution. What will drones be like? What How can we integrate drones? What electric vehicles in space can we take forward? And from wow. us at the end of the day is you... When you talk about smart cities and smart mobility, you don't have to reinvent the wheel and you don't have to plan a new city or you don't have to plan a new transport network. You must take stock of what you currently have. We don't have a luxury of building a new city or a new transport infrastructure, but we've got the lessons learned through global uh, initiatives that our company is doing to integrate all these things and first enhance it and then um, for, then you can expand further on on that. So it's really about setting up the. Um, it's all setting about the industry. It's set, so setting up the infrastructure and then building on that. And you're saying a lot of the infrastructure actually exists, and it's really just about sort of dragging it into the 21st century. Exactly. We don't have to. That, that, the bridges are there, but can you? How can you make the bridges smarter, more intelligent? Getting the weight of deflection of the bridges and put monitoring services on it or congestion monitoring in certain areas, then divert traffic. I mean, Google Apps, those sort of things are already in place. The building blocks are there. It's now for us in South Africa to take all these different building blocks and start integrating it and compact it for that smart mobility system and smart city network. You know, I mean, it's so true. Um, every time I, I go somewhere, I think I know I'm you know, my way home. And I said to myself, just put on Google Maps or just put on Maps or Waze. And I said, I couldn't be bothered. And then you turn onto the highway and it's chock-a-block. 
all it would have done was taken me 20 seconds, not even that, just to push home on the app and I would have avoided that traffic or it would have put me in the traffic knowing that I would have only been there for 10 or 15 minutes at most. Um, and yet when I was looking at buying a car, let's say two, three years ago, um, I was absolutely insistent that it had to have a GPS in it. I, the car I'm driving now, I don't think I've ever used the GPS in it. It's, it's only on my phone. And you go overseas and all of a sudden you just switch some cards, make sure you've got airtime. And, you know, the last time I looked at a map in a foreign country, I, I can't remember when it was. So it's just phenomenal how things have changed now. Things, the other apps which we don't have here in South Africa, which are very prevalent overseas, is that you can download an app, for example, in Israel, you can get an, an, an app called GetGT, and it will just help you seamlessly go from a taxi to a tram to a bus, and then the other way around on the other side, and it'll, it'll be almost minute accurate. I have had one or two things where, you know, very congested times, so to say 15 minutes, and then 17 minutes, and then 22 minutes, and then you just walk over to a taxi and say, no, just take me. But those... Are we going to get to that stage in South Africa? There's definitely the opportunity. Are we going to get there with political will? Yes. And using the right time and the right incentives to get to that. And that's why for me, when I heard the uh, Minister Mbalula said that they're going to subsidize the taxi, I actually had a smile on my face because I said, here's an ideal opportunity. Don't waste this opportunity. We can get there. Yes, we can. Um, but we'll have to take political will and use the opportunities that's available. Fantastic. Bring our conversation to an end, but um, running out of Zoom and this COVID report doesn't really, really help so much. But thank you so much. And please be in touch with us um, via Tribeca. Let us know what happens um, next year when the subsidy comes in. And hopefully it will add value to the transport industry in South Africa. No, thanks again, Avi. Thanks for having me. And you're welcome for a follow-up. And then we can see in this impact what happened and what was the vision in the crystal ball and what actually materialized. Well, I hope the vision that I'm seeing over your right shoulder with all the spirit of, uh, of the festive season uh, is good for you and your family and good for all South Africans. And we'll chat to you next year. Thanks, thanks, Avi. Thank you very Great. much. Great. Thanks so much. That was Arvind Reutener, who is a mobility expert at the Royal Haskellan DHV. Very, very excited to see what happens. It will be a great day when um, taxi industry is brought into, the, into transport and when the average South African across the spectrum can use public transport that's safe, that's quick, that's efficient. We have the how train, but it's only for a select part of the population. It's too expensive. We have the taxi industry. I personally have never been on a taxi except for during the World Cup. And it's time that those merge together so that I can go visit Ivan. Ivan can come and visit me with a quick and efficient way wherever we are. Craig, thanks for pushing the buttons. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll speak to you next week.